1: Hello, Serie A fan. Football is back. Italy can't see a way past Bosnia, but Mancini finds his glasses, and Zuri makes short work of the Netherlands. We make fun of him, argue about Immobile, and discuss all the comings and goings at Atalanta and Napoli. All that, plus honourable mentions and civilised beers, in this episode of Scudetto. So we're in the studio for a morning record this week. And we're kicking off with a dishonourable mention for UEFA, who very inconsiderately scheduled the Netherlands-Italy Nations League game in our usual recording slot. Um, It was a fairly convincing 1-0 win for the Azzurri, and we will certainly be getting into that in a little bit. But first of all, a good morning to my panel. Kenny, how are you getting on in Edinburgh?
2: Yeah, yeah, good. Good, thanks, Oscar. It's a nice sunny day here for a change, so can't complain. How about you?
1: Yeah, good, thanks. It's it's quite grey here and no longer morning but I'm fine. And also no longer morning in Tel Aviv. Uh, but how are you getting on, buzz
0: It's a typical sunny day in Tel Aviv, and I'm great. Thanks, guys.
1: Good. Well, the upside of recording uh, in the morning is it meant we were able to gather virtually to enjoy our hashtag civilized beers last night whilst watching the game. Um, what did you go for this time, Kenny?
2: Yeah, well, I, uh, I was a little bit concerned when I saw a couple of mentions of the, the dreaded the dreaded hipster word on on social media the other night after our uh, our first civilized beer craft session, uh, so I decided to play it safe. I went for a Brewdog uh, Dead Pony Club, which is obviously a session IPA, but uh, found very easily and very readily on the supermarket shelves in in the UK. So hopefully that uh, sets some minds at rest.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like the beer equivalent of a cultured centre back. Like you say, technically a craft beer. I like that <laughs> analogy. <laughs> um, and how about you baz i know you don't usually like to play it safe with your beers another seven percent session ipa
0: i took a bit of flack for my uh 6.2 percent beer last week so this time i've gone for a six percenter um it's called smash ipa it's a superhero themed beer they made six of them uh it's quite good no more sounds disgusting <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I did a little bit better this week on, on my side I managed to find a cucumber sour from coolheads.fi Finnish, Finnish craft brewery which I thought was pretty good, nice and refreshing definitely a, a hashtag not for everyone I gave my wife a sip of it and she spat it out into a warm <laughs> pot <laughs> probably, uh, probably not what they want to hear
2: <laughs> yeah, not a rigging endorsement
1: no, I thought it was quite nice but anyway, I already mentioned the Netherlands game but first, we do need to discuss Italy's other Nations League fixture, Mancini's men drawing 1-1 with Bosnia and Herzegovina on the Friday night, uh, a result that can only really be described as disappointing. Kenny, you watched it. How was the performance?
2: Yeah, uh, not the most impressive start to the the Nations League, uh, really. Particularly in the first half, when Italy only managed one shot on goal. Pretty sluggish uh, all round, but uh, you you do have to kind of put it in context. Um, a, a lot of the Italian squad have basically not had not had a preseason yet, with the Italian league finishing uh, much later compared to to a lot of the others. And also it does have to be noted that Italy were without Verratti, uh, Emerson Palmieri and Jorginho uh, in that first game. Um, So not not the best, but uh, Italy had still won 11 in a row before going into this one. And of course, yeah, Monday night you've already mentioned the result there as well. So overall a positive, positive story, but that game in particular perhaps a little bit disappointing.
1: And you mentioned the people omitted from the starting lineup. Uh, Also, Chiellini, I understand.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is the curious story of uh, Mancini's glasses that we're talking about here, I I presume. Um, So, I mean, I I imagine a lot of our listeners already know about this. But for those who don't, uh, essentially, Chiellini had been in Mancini's plans to start this game uh, and uh, actually wasn't allowed to because he didn't make it onto the the team sheet, the uh, the story Mancini gave for this was that he wasn't wearing his glasses when he saw the the team sheet uh, and didn't notice that they'd put Acciarbi down instead of Chiellini,
0: So I don't buy it. I think he's made that up, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like
1: um, when Mourinho subbed Dier after 30 minutes and told the media, like, it could have been anyone, and then you, you, you've watched the Amazon documentary that came out this week, and he basically admitted, like, I was having a shock, I had to get him off. <laughs> and it's like the fallout from it was just weeks of tension between player and manager.
2: I was going to say, also to to be noted, that uh, Mancini did give a different excuse before saying that they were slightly concerned about Giulini, they didn't want to take any risks, and then changed his story. Uh, So who knows, perhaps he's protecting someone's back, uh, perhaps as Boaz said, this is a a story for the media and Mancini is just being uh, the class act that we all know he can be and uh, protecting his backroom staff. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Either way, I don't want to hear him complaining at all this season about Italy's failure to do the basics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the other game, obviously no problems with Mancini's eyesight as he did pick Cialini, who was absolutely key in the, in the clean sheet, albeit after a bit of a shaky start, I think it's fair to say. But Baz, what did you make of the way Italy approached the Netherlands game?
0: I think it was a really impressive performance from Italy, particularly in, in the back line and the midfield. We were, we were discussing yesterday how, on paper at least, the Dutch midfield has... Uh, more kudos, the the players are for. They have players who play for Liverpool, for Manchester United. Now they have um, Frankie De Jong, who by all accounts is the future of of the European midfield. However, the Italian players looked better, and uh, particularly uh, Locatelli, who was making his debut, and uh, pretty much bossed it. So, um, with the midfield battle won, the game was a lot easier for Italy to hold possession and to play the way they wanted to play we have to straight away give a talk about zaniolo's injury which um will have repercussions throughout the season but also was kind of a dampener on this game
2: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. yeah very unfortunate and um he's just come back from doing the other knee as well i mean roma gonna be struggling or they're gonna be definitely missing him it's obviously unbelievably bad luck
2: i do have a message of hope though from uh, from the the Scottish Premier uh, Division, uh, where a, a, a similar thing actually happened to a Mirren player, um, he had done his he had done one knee at the cruciate and then came back and in his first game back or one of his first games back did the did the other knee. Uh, Darren McGregor, the player in question, and uh, went on to have a very very decent career at, at Hibs and, and Rangers, and presumably Roma's medical facilities are. Uh, slightly higher higher tech and uh, more advanced than St. Mirren's are, so
0: hope there. They sound more exotic, Villa Stewart. <laughs> but uh, back onto the Italy game, uh, something that we, we have to say is that uh, you mentioned Kellini. He uh, did start off kind of rusty, but he, eventually he put on a performance that was uh, the, really a masterclass of dark arts of defending, um, really frustrated the Dutch players, particularly... Van Dijk, who was playing up front towards the end and couldn't believe the stuff Chiellini was getting away with. I love that kind of stuff. And um, another thing that we spoke about during the game yesterday is that with Inter pursuing the likes of Ingolo Kante and Vidal seeming to be uh, pretty much a done deal, we have to say that we've already mentioned it last week, but their midfield of Barella and Sensi both got goals on this uh, international break and are both... Players that you can build your team around. So maybe buying Vidal is not what Inter need, although it's what Conte wants.
2: Yeah, they were both they were both fantastic. And I actually wanted to to pick up on the the different look front line that Italy that Italy played uh, against the Netherlands. Um, I know we all had a, a bit of a, a giggle when uh, Immobile attempted a van Basten, only to hoof the ball into Rosa Ed about. 10 yards off of target um, he kicked
1: but, it directly into his standing leg <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but i did think that that the um intuition between immobile and uh, insigne was uh, much better and they they worked really well off each other really nice runs off of each other and i thought italy looked much better as a result
0: i have some qualms with this issue i think um as we mentioned italy looked uh, really good in the midfield Spinazzola was, looked great at left-back. Um, Donnarumma is the future. He's, he's still a little bit shaky here and there, but you you, can, you know he's going to be a, a good-slash-great keeper for years to come. But I felt that Italy are lacking a bomber, so to speak, someone who is just there to put the ball in the net. As we said, it, it, the ideal situation would be to take Edin Dzeko on loan just so he can put the, goal, the ball <laughs> into the back.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are, in fact, a few missed chances, weren't they? there? But weren't there a, the amount of times Insignia cut inside and missed the far post and then Moise Cain came on and shanked a couple as well.
0: It was just typical Italy in the, in the way that I think that they could have closed the game off a long time before and possibly with, just as I said, a poacher, the game could have been 2 or 3 nil by the 70th minute and all the fans would have been a little bit more relaxed.
2: Yeah,
1: sure. Then we wouldn't have got to enjoy Ghirlini's last ditch defending and celebrating <laughs> every clearance. Um, anyway, I uh, think that's all we've got time for. Just before we wrap up, we've got a couple of other honourable mentions from the international games.
0: I guess we need to go to, If with, it's kind of Serie a related and it's a dishonourable mention, but um, our boy Kulusevski only got on for the last 20 minutes of uh, Sweden's game being kept out of the squad by a 36-year-old Seb Larsson. And um, none other than Zlatan Ivorimovic m- made sure t- his opinion was heard when he said, what a fucking joke, yet more proof. Incompetent people in the wrong positions are suffocating Swedish football. Ouch. Zlatan
2: does not mince his words.
1: Lovely stuff. Um, so in part two, we're going to be focusing on Syria, doing a bit of a transfer roundup. Um, and on that note, one last honourable mention for this part, Kenny.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I speak for every every fan of Italian football uh when I say how, what what a relief it is to hear that Mihailovic has uh passed all the tests um to to prove that he's he, he's over COVID-19. He obviously um underwent a lot of uh, treatment for for leukemia and when you hear um that someone who's been, you know, in that situation, who's that high risk gets COVID nineteen? As Boaz said at the time, I think the guy can't catch a break. Um, but great, great to hear that he's uh, he's going to be back this week at Bologna's training ground. And uh, yeah, really wish him well.
1: Yeah, great news about Milevich. Uh, we will be right back.
2: Hello, Serie A fan. Make Scudetto a part of your weekly football fix. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at ScudettoPod. We'd love to have you on the squad.
1: And welcome to part two. Uh, We're going to be focusing on the comings and goings in Serie A this week, uh, specifically looking at Napoli and Atalanta. Uh, So starting off with Atalanta, Robin Gosens was in action in the internationals. This week making his debut for Germany and providing the assist for Timo Werner in a 1-1 draw with Spain. But the big story sort of coming out of Atalanta this week has been Timothy Castagna, who's on his way to Leicester. Kenny, what can uh, Leicester fans expect from him?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, first of all, uh, we are we are an Italian football uh, podcast. So from an Atalanta perspective, it's important to note that he's been an integral part of Gasperini's uh, squad. Uh, he made 19 Serie A starts last season and 57 across his Three years at the club, uh, he'll be difficult to he'll be difficult to replace. Also, because he's uh, predominantly a right sided player, but he also provides a lot of cover on the left. But to get to your question, what can Leicester expect? Uh, well, he's uh, if you've watched Atalanta play, you'll you'll know what Gasperini uh, what Gasperini's fullbacks do. Uh, they're Very modern attacking fullbacks, uh, very good with. Their sort of overlapping runs, uh, perhaps a little bit less emphasis on their defensive attributes, although perhaps um, difficult to, to judge Castaigne his defensive attributes when you play in a in a side as gung ho as uh, as at are perhaps a little bit less productive in terms of sort of. Um, goal-scoring than Atalanta's other 2 fullbacks, full-backs, uh, Hattibor and Gozins, but nonetheless contributes a lot uh, going forward. And I think he will suit Brendan Rodgers' uh, football very, very well.
1: Yeah, definitely be interested to see how he gets on. Obviously going against the established direction of travel for fullbacks, We've seen plenty of uh, Premier League fullbacks playing in Syria. So interesting to see how that works out <laughs> the other way around. What what other business of have, have Atalanta been up to? There's there's been a bid for Gomez, I understand.
2: Yeah, so so a fifteen fifteen million euro bid for for Gomez from Al Nasser. Um to be honest, I I don't know because it sounds like the the uh, salary package would be very enticing for Gomez. But I'd like to think Atalanta uh, are in the Champions League again next season, and that's something that I think he waited for for a, a long time. So I'd like to think he'll he'll be sticking around. Um, I would be more worried about uh, the situation with Hatheward, to be honest, uh, who came out a few a few weeks ago and said that. You know, he, he had loved his time at Atalanta, but he felt like it was perhaps the end of his cycle there and he was looking for a new challenge.
1: Essentially, a uh, come-get-me play.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with Castagna gone, if Atalanta lose another right back, that starts to, starts to become a problem. They do have, according to reports, they do have numerous targets, uh, in particular a couple of Italians playing abroad, Piccini at Valencia, and zapacosta uh, at chelsea are two names uh, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see how that develops i think gasperini will be doing everything he can to keep hattobury at the at the club because uh, yeah he's he's really important to them
1: sure well it hasn't all been the uh, doom and gloom though there have been some arrivals what can you tell us about romero and miranchuk
2: the honest truth is that i can't tell you a huge amount about miranchuk uh, because i haven't seen a lot of them. he played in um, both games uh, that Lokomotiv Moscow played against Juve last season scored in both games, and according to reports, was one of the best players on the field. I've seen the YouTube highlights that a lot of uh, Atalanta and Serie A fans have probably probably seen. He looks he looks a very very classy player, and um, perhaps sort of backup for for Ilicic, who made his return, which is you know very very welcome uh, this week to, to Atalanta's training ground, but. Ilicic is 32 years old, so perhaps one for the present and one for the future. Miranchuk, uh, Romero is someone who Juventus bought from Genoa and immediately loaned loaned back to him. Uh, the price tag suggests that there were very big expectations on him, but Atalanta have agreed to take him on loan with an option with an option to buy. Uh, very exciting young um, centre back. Who offers cover in an area that Atalanta needed cover? Really, they play with three centre backs. Obviously, um, they have probably four that you would, you know, expect to to be competing for those starting starting berths. And with another Champions League campaign, uh, can't do any harm having a fifth in there, really.
1: Yeah. So, there's you're gesturing furiously during that. Something Kenny said that you disagree with.
0: First of all, we need to give a dishonorable mention to the person who's um, opened a Miranchuk Twitter account and conned <laughs> us into tweeting him, the Buona <laughs> Fortuna Campione. Whoever you are will find you. But um, another thing I wanted to mention was the fact that uh, the Romero transfer from uh, Juventus to Atalanta is kind of indicative of a, a, new, uh, a new moment in the Atalanta's transfer market. It used to be that players only went one way and Atalanta were kind of almost a feeder club for the big Italian clubs. Now they're buying players from from uh, Juventus. They also signed Muratoe who is now out on loan, but it kind of shows that uh, Atalanta's stature has grown in the game.
1: Absolutely. And uh, it'd be great to see them in action in the Champions League next season. Um, and on to Naples, a uh, bit, bit of an end of an era feel as uh, the last of Sarri's old guard departs over the summer. Obviously, Alan to Everton, uh, Koulibaly reportedly off to City and Callahan also gone. Uh, how's this going to affect how they line up next season?
0: So while the players mentioned were not all signed by Sarri, they essentially were the backbone of uh, Sarismo. And now, as you said, it's at the end, it feels like an end of an era. The good news for Napoli is that Ossiman, the 80 million striker, is looking really, really good in preseason. I know these games are just friendlies thus far, but he's, uh looks like he's integrated completely in the squad. He's, If you check out his Instagram feed or if you check out Napoli's Instagram feed, you see that he's always the one joking. And um, they didn't sign him for his character, I'm sure. They signed him because he's banging goals in, and he's definitely been doing that in preseason. On top of that, they signed Petania from SPAL, who we're all big fans of. A uh, bit of a fridge out there, but uh, very useful if used in the right way. If they, Gattuso plays the way they played last season, the one issue that we could probably bring up is that there is one striker position to be filled, and there is about five players who could fill that position right now. So um, I expect to see some players moving out. The... Press are reporting that Milic is on the way out with Roma being a potential destination. But with Edin Zeco probably sticking around, it looks like that deal won't go through, at which point um, Fiorentina might be a good destination for him. But again, the, you need to get the player to agree to this move as well, which might not be that easy. Elsewhere, uh, Napoli are also looking at Fiorentina's Castro Valli and and Roma's Vertut. Uh, neither of these players for me at least are on the on the level of Koulibaly at the, at his top so it's a matter to see if maybe Gattuso can get them to 110 percent or if maybe Napoli sees something that we don't see in them and yet another player they're rumored to be interested in is Socrates from Arsenal who also played for Milan in the past again not sure that's a upgrade on Koulibaly but this is the kind of market that Napoli are playing right now
1: yeah interesting to see actually the 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 backbone of Sarri's team kind of departed because it seems like Gattuso's kind of re rekindled that style of high pressing football in his time at Napoli so far but the squad is looking a little bit top heavy um I think that'd be fair to say (laughs) wouldn't it (laughs) I mean what sort of formation should we be expecting
2: (laughs) (laughs) two three five back to the old the
0: old school you forget what kind of player Gattuso was
2: (laughs) well um but I, I actually wanted to to just kind of highlight something that uh, De Laurentiis said which perhaps um you know he perhaps he's having second thoughts after splurging on, uh, on Osimen about his uh, transfer policy because he he was in the Italian media this week saying how he holds his hands up and acknowledges that he's made mistakes um like when he should have sold Koulibaly for 110 million when the offer was was on the table, um, and that he won't make that mistake again. And that if any good offers come in for any players, then they're all up for for sale, basically. So um, maybe maybe that was code for coming by Milik, but uh, I, I don't know. Just an interesting an interesting quote.
1: Interesting.
0: A little bit about Alan, since we gave uh, Leicester City fans a little background about uh, their signing. We should say to Everton fans that Alan two years ago was the best defensive midfielder in Serie A an absolute machine he kind of had his head turned a little bit when PSG made a bid and hasn't quite been up to his usual standard but if he plays and if Ancelotti can get the best out of him they've signed uh, as I said a total ball collecting machine whatever that is
1: absolutely (laughs) Um, thanks for that Buzz and that we don't have time obviously to speak about all of the uh, transfers comings and goings and all of the bids but did just want to give a an honorable mention Boaz, for for one one bid which was launched via twitter i understand
0: so um say our newcomer Spezia are quickly becoming one of our favorite clubs um, while uh, Juventus are rumored to be signing Suarez and Suarez is apparently learning italian right now to pass some sort of exam Spezia launched a cheeky little tweet saying, look, uh, Louis, if it doesn't work out with Juventus, you can always come to play for Spezia in Liguria. Um, We'll be going into a little bit more depth into uh, Spezia and Benevento and Crotone in one of our next episodes. But uh, as I said, Spezia, at least on social media, they're already winning. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Definitely in the honourable mention category. Um, just one in the dishonourable mention category for uh, Roma's new owner Dan Friedkin. Uh, noticed in some documents that came out this week that he'd named the company that he's using to acquire Roma as uh, Romulus and Remus Investments LLC. Uh, doing <laughs> it's a bit cringe, isn't it? Uh, and doing nothing to dispel the uh, idea that people are interested in Serie A just for the the mythology and the the glory, the, the glory rather than. The, being serious financial investors. But he did give, uh, to, maybe to combat that, he did give an interview to uh, Roma's website saying that he's not going to be chucking the cash around and that he's going to be a professional.
0: I'm not sure the fans will be freaking happy about that. <laughs> boom, boom. And uh, one more honorable mention to you, Boz. So first of all, I'll give a dishonorable mention. The, while Donnarumma Jr. was uh, defend, defending the goal for uh, Italy, Uh, during this uh, midweek. His brother was uh, featuring in Milan's friendly against Monza and while uh, a lot of the media attention was turned to Daniel Maldini for scoring a pretty good goal in a friendly, I might add, his brother didn't exactly look glorious when he flew out of the net, straight out of the area, missed the ball, missed the player and left an open net for Monza player to score. I think we might tweet that for people to see, but it was pretty ridiculous. And one more mentioned that's neither honorable nor dishonorable is we have to give a shout out to palermo captain alessandro martinelli who um unfortunately has been asked to retire at the age of 27 due to some issues with his heart he was due to lead the uh, palermo out in the serie c this year and um he played most of his career in serie b mostly for Brescia between 2015 and 2019 aged just 27 as i said it's uh, very unfortunate so we wish him all the best
1: absolutely indeed well, that definitely is all that we've got time for this week. Uh, just to say, please do remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio. Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter at ScudettoPod. We'll speak to you next week. Until then, enjoy all of the
0: football-related drama.